When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello and welcome to another video and podcast from fantasyfootballscout.co.uk. My name is David and today I'm joined by Mark as we replace the usual suspects on the FPL Q&A. There's no ads this week, there's no Sam either and what we uh, lack in good looks we perhaps make up for in arguably worse overall rank history than both of them. So uh, it's, it's nice to be here <laughs> uh, today Mark, filling in for the guys. How are you feeling? Um, much better now. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, not too bad. Uh, just the Friday deadlines sort of have a different feel to the Saturdays, don't they? Um, but yeah, it's going to be hard to follow up on Az and Sam, but hopefully we can uh, be good enough. Yeah, I'll try and channel my inner Az, but I, I've actually bought myself a Brighton shirt for the new season and have been trying to get a name on the back of it. You can probably guess who it's going to be. Um, and unfortunately, my local sports direct still doesn't have all of the right letters in, in navy blue. So I could have been even more Az than usual today, but uh, I blame my local sports direct for that. Um, but that's that's for another day. Uh, that's for another day. You guys all know how this works uh, by now. Um, of course, chuck your questions uh, into the chat, and we'll do our best uh, to uh, answer them. Uh, as ever, we are always inundated with a ton of questions, and so we'll do our best to get to as many as we can. But the best way, of course, to guarantee that we definitely answer your question is to super chat it, um, and uh, you should see some options on how to do that uh, in the chat. And if you super chat it, then we will definitely give you an answer. Whereas if you don't, then we might give you an answer, because there's just so many questions ahead of game 
game week two there's just so much going on um, as well and before we jump into uh, a few more bits and bobs uh, related to uh, the game week specifically uh, just a quick uh, note from our sponsor today's video is sponsored by uh, Smarkets Smarkets have introduced some brand new markets which allow customers to bet on virtual fantasy points scored by Premier League players Smarkets will track real life player performance based on their in-game actions uh, and statistics this gets converted into an overall score for each player and of course that's a familiar site for FPL managers we know that not everybody gambles, uh, which is something we take very seriously, which is why we have on our website a filter uh, that you can turn on, which allows you to opt out of gambling ads. And uh, But for those who do, uh, Smarkets, new ways to play are a way for uh, uh, fantasy managers uh, to put a bit of money on some FPL-related markets. You, of course, have to be over 18 to play, um, and uh, the link is in the description for that. But we do, of course, encourage everybody to gamble responsibly and to be gambleaware.org, and you can visit their website if you want some advice or help uh, on that. But let's... Uh, Let's jump into some of the questions uh, for the start of our stream, uh, Mark, because there are just so many. I mean, there's uh, all sorts of uh, headaches related to defenders, and we're seeing some of those um, come through. Whilst I start collating them and start bringing out some questions to answer, um, do you perhaps want to just give us a brief summary of uh, what the most recent developments mean for your team and some of the biggest uh, talking points you've seen in the game week so far? We've had Gabrielle, of course, and a few others. So, Yeah. Uh, as the weeks progressed, it seems to be more and more about about major injuries. So not only um, did we get Timber and De Bruyne last weekend and Tyron Mings, uh, it seems like Reese James's injury might be, well, possibly months. Um, I don't think anything's been confirmed yet. So, and there was some rumor online, although I have absolutely no idea about its credibility or anything, or even where it came from. But people are saying. It's the opinion, but I don't know if that's like a joke. We'll find out over the day. So, yeah, it's it seems to be a week of injuries and just reacting and hoping that any any team that had John Stones, Gabriel, James, um, for example, at the back will probably be feeling quite nervous. Yeah, absolutely. Well, one such person who has already uh, jumped straight in with the first super chat uh, is Bart Verbrugger. There's no N on the end, and I'm sh- almost certain this isn't the real Bart Verbruggen. Let us know if you are. <laughs> you don't have to pay a super chat for that um, for that bit for confirmation. But uh, he wants to know, interestingly enough, he hasn't got any information on his stupid hand that he's willing to share. Although if you do have some information you're willing to share and you're legit, do let us know. But his question uh, is what to do with Gabriel and Pedro Porro. So my assumption is he's got both. Um, arguably different types of issues here. Um what are you? What would you say is is the answer to to that question in your mind, Mark? Well, I would think Gabriel. Uh, I think we're in a similar sort of position here, but um, assuming hoping that he avoids a price drop for a couple of days, I would I would sort of wait and see because Arsenal play on Monday night, um, which is unfortunate. We, there certainly won't be anything like leaks before today's deadline, um, and I don't think Arteta mentioned him at all in his press conference. So um, we just have to hope. Um, Gabriel owners that that it was a it was a tactical idea, but now that Crystal Palace away is a tricky ish game, he'll sort of maybe return to the to the man that started seventy three league games in a row uh, before this, and so that's that's a bit of a wait and see. As for Porro, yeah, when when the game launched like from day one, it was pretty much decided yes Pedro Paul is going to be in the squad because he, he was only here for half a year and he put up some fantastic attacking numbers but you know he didn't play last weekend and his replacement scored so I'd say for Porro 
um, right now, uh, you probably probably try and find a way out. Not that not that you won't have a great spell over this season, but we just don't know when it starts, and we don't know if it's going to be from those great game week three fixtures for Spurs. Uh, if he's if he's not going to be back in the lineup for that, then there's probably no point to having him. Hmm. Yeah, it's a tricky one, isn't it? Because both of these guys, well, with the, the the second of those two, I suppose, more so is someone who you could imagine racking up a couple of uh, one-point cameos could be the sequel to Perisic because he is so useful um, in terms of what he can do. So, yeah, it's a tricky situation uh, to be in. We've had confirmation, by the way, that this was not the real Bart Verbruggen. Um, so thank you for that, for letting us know that, that wasn't the real you. It stops us asking you some questions about a stupid man. Although Barry Clark claims that his mother works in the canteen at Brighton and has just told her that Estupinan has the runs, but he should be okay for tomorrow. Do not believe a word of that. Please, nobody take that from here and go, David Monday said this. It's clearly clearly some well-intentioned humour there. Um, keep your Estupinan rumours coming in. We'll, uh, we'll read out a few. Um, on on the Gabriel issue, because we are going to get asked this quite a lot, so I'll, I'll just give my thoughts on it as well in case we get... If someone later on in the stream asks about Gabriel, we'll just direct people back to this point in the stream. Um, my view on Gabriel is that, of course, there is still a chance that he maybe doesn't start. I think um, there's been these rumours about departure to Saudi Arabia, right? Have you seen much of that, Mark? Um, it seems like a very easy link to make these days. So <laughs> yeah, it's hard to tell, like half of Liverpool's squad. I think Alisson and Salah in particular, there was there was a brief rumour and then it was shot down. And I think even in uh, in Italy, Wojciech Szczesny has already come out and said, I've got loads of money already, so I don't need to go out there. <laughs> so it's just a very, very easy link to yeah, make. Yeah, that's true. Uh, well, I don't have loads of money. To... I might go to Saudi Arabia and play for one of these teams if they're interested. Um, just going to put that out there now. Um, yeah. but, the, but the thing is, is that like... With that floating around, it just it, it it might be true, it might not be true. You make an excellent point that it's just it is an easy one these days. Um, it still makes me a bit nervous. Um, I personally think, though, actually the fixture makes me more nervous than the uh, the starting not starting situation. And what I find really interesting this week is that a lot of the discussion around uh, Gabriel is is more about his starts and whether or not can Arsenal actually keep a clean sheet against Crystal Palace and I personally don't think they can um, if you look at the last uh, 10 matches that Palace played last season they averaged 1.8 goals per game in that run um, and that last 10 of course was when Hodgson came back only three games did they fail to score so they scored in seven of them um, and then as for Arsenal in their last 12 of last season they only kept clean sheets in the last in three of the last 12 uh, two of the last 11 didn't keep a clean sheet against Nottingham Forest and you've only got to look at the way that Arsenal was started the season uh, by con- actually conceding a higher expected goals tally against Forrest than Forrest conceded against them, uh, which I, I think is actually mildly concerning, to be honest. I just can't see a world where Arsenal keep a clean sheet in game week two. Now, I'll probably set myself up for a fall now, but I just, for people wondering what to do with Gabriel, I think that's got to form part of it as well. Um, I own him and I'm going to start my Aston Villa defender against Everton because I just feel that that's a, a better chance of a clean sheet. Um, so, but then we yeah. we've just seen Aston Villa concede five as well. So, <laughs> but everybody concedes five against Newcastle, don't they, Mark? There's no shame <laughs> in that. It's a strange place to be in right now, but uh, yeah, I guess it, it is happening a bit. And um, that, that's the problem, I guess, with the season starting and the transfer window still being open. Transfer window still being open because not only do we still have uncertainties whether Spurs or Chelsea could still add an attacker 
there's also the chance that yeah, some some popular FPL names could go to Saudi Arabia. It's it's going to be. I think game week four is beginning on deadline day. Maybe that's when we can start to relax a bit. Mm. Yeah, the transfer deadline is going to be even more important this year than ever before, as, of course, with all the Saudi Arabia rumours uh, as well. Um, we've got another super chat, uh, this one from the Davis family. But before we do, uh, just a quick little plug um, to, to like uh, the video and subscribe to the channel and hit that bell notification as well so you don't miss uh, a thing uh, on this channel. And uh, without wanting to sound, you know... Um ungrateful we've got 221 of you watching live and only 21 of you have liked the stream so far which i i'm not very good at quick maths but that's not very many so let's get the let's get that like up and maybe maybe they might let us replace as and sam every week you know if we can beat them for likes. so let's let's hoik that up a little bit come on guys show some love it's 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 a friday we've got we've got a, a deadline it's 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 you know all uh hands on deck so your job is to like the stream our second super chat from the Davis family. Um, play one, Gabriel or Bulldog, um, or transfer Gabriel to Henry. So to be fair, we have kind of already touched on this, but obviously what the Davis family are bringing into the conversation is uh, some alternatives here. Because I suppose uh, did sort of mention there that like, you know, I've got an option to bring in for Gabriel. Not everybody else necessarily does. Or perhaps they're looking at Bulldog on their bench and thinking, hmm, away to Forest. Do we think there's a possibility of a clean sheet there? Um, and I suppose also, you know, we've got um, Henry looking quite nice. And he's probably the easiest one to get to in a straight swap this week, which doesn't involve a hit because Chilwell's gone up, Stupinan's gone up, etc. So, yeah, what do you make of those two options, Mark? Yeah, I suppose there's a difference between having an Aston Villa defender as, as Gabriel's alternative and having having Baldock. I mean, I'm also a Baldock owner, so I don't want to have a go at him or anything, but it's just Sheffield United. Um, I wouldn't be that particularly confident if Sheffield United clean sheet and Nottingham Forest. Forest's underlying numbers weren't great for last season, in fairness, like in terms of attack, like they were sort of quite low down in a lot of areas. So clean sheet is not impossible for them. And he is a wing back. So there's always the chance of more. But um, I think the difference, personally, I would say the difference is a bit too big there. And even if Gabriel doesn't start and he's restricted to a cameo, I'm still not confident that Baldock would really better that in terms of points. Hmm. I don't know about you. Yeah, I think, I mean, I think I would do it because, as in, I would start uh, Baldock if I had the opportunity to uh, this week because, as I said, I do think that, I just think Crystal Palace are more likely to score against Arsenal than Nottingham Forest are to score against Sheffield United, which might just be like, my personal view and it could be wrong um it's just a gut feeling um but also um bulldog has did look quite good uh in terms of like mm. positioning against crystal palace um i think it was he received 12 passes in the final third i think it was which is more than any other sheffield united player in that game in game we won um so he is he is an outlet for them and a dangerous part of the uh, the team and so there's a loosest chance that he maybe gets a, a goal um, or, or, or assist or something. So his attacking potential, I think, is is not inconsiderable. I mean, Gabriel obviously has set pieces, but Bulldog's more likely to start. So if I had that option, I'd probably be starting Bulldog. Um, he did score in preseason as well, Bulldog. Yeah, yeah that's very true. Um, the Henry one, Henry does look very good. Uh, three chances created, two big chances created against uh, Spurs. Uh, he's very easy to get to. And uh, actually, I'm just going to bring up uh, the fixtures because they're quite good for uh, for Brentford. Um, 
Fulham away, Palace at home, Bournemouth at home, Newcastle away, which of course, you know, we've all got to play Newcastle this year. And uh, Mark is licking his lips at all the teams that have to come to St. James's Park and get trounced. Uh, but then, yeah, Everton at home, Forest away, really, really nice defensive fixtures for a 4.5 million defender who's very, very attacking. He's probably, if, if you were absolutely set on selling Gabriel this week, uh, today, with the prices the way they are, I think you have to go Henry because nailed on starter, great fixtures, decent attacking potential, who you can actually get to in one move. Everybody else, you're going to have to take a hit and you don't want to be doing that game week two just to solve a defender problem. What I think is the best thing to do, to be honest, is just to bench Gabriel, rely on your bench, save a transfer, and then you've got two free transfers for game week three and then you can actually do much more surgery that is a going to be more substantial so going to have a higher uh, ceiling for your sort of like swing from x to y but also at the same time you're making that decision based on two game weeks worth of data rather than just one um and so as i said there's going to be a lot of questions about defenders today i will probably just keep referring people back to earlier parts in the stream where i just said bank the transfer just bench gabriel if you're not not happy with him would be my view so yeah because the, the fixtures in general don't look that great this week i can't really pick out that many obvious clean sheets so you may as well give yourself that extra sort of privilege of having more days more information and just really thinking about what to do with that transfer especially if you've saved two up you could do so many things with that so uh yeah and henry's a good good option mm. Uh, quick uh, update from the Estupinan rumours mill. Uh, we've got we've had uh, Mark Garrity now claiming, claiming uh, that he's heard from the restaurant owner where Estupinan eats, uh, which uh, I think is called the bonus points table, uh, unconfirmed. Um, that he's completely fine uh, while walking in and out, no niggles. So unless it's illness, who knows? Who knows? As I said, take literally all of this with the exact amount pinch of salt that Estupinan has on his bonus points. Well, it um, might have been the pinch of salt that, that, that got him ill. <laughs> yeah, it might have been. Yeah, he might have some sort of salt intolerance. You never know. Um, well, yeah, there we are. Well, we'll, we'll continue with another super chat, um, which is on the same subject. This one now is from Damien, uh, who's coming to us uh, from South Africa. Um, so, yeah, big ups from South Africa. He says, he says start Gabriel or Shaw. I mean, I feel like we've we, everybody at this point knows where me and you stand on what to do necessarily with Gabriel, but with Shaw specifically, it's 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 United away at Spurs. So I understand the dilemma here. What would you do if they were your two choices? Um, I sort of agree with you in that whether, whether Gabriel starts or not, it wouldn't be that confident of a clean sheet. But then Shaw is against Spurs and Ange Ball. Um, if that's the if that's the situation, possibly possibly sure. I would say maybe Luke Shaw. Um it's cause he's more likely to probably bring in attack and returns and yeah, I just feel like he's a he's more likely to start and reach sixty minutes as well. So Yeah, I agree with you. Uh pretty much to to a word really. Um and just the additional point I would make is that against Ange Ball, he's probably going to get a lot of opportunities, Luke Shaw, uh, because they, they play sort of like chaos football. Uh, and it's very much uh, a case of just throw everything forward. It doesn't matter if we leave spaces exposed because we're just going to attack by overloads and double ups in key areas. And if you can beat that, if you can counter press that, a team like United could potentially do that, then it could put uh, Shaw in some dangerous positions. So between those two, yeah, I would uh, I would go with the same. Uh, we're going to pick up one now that's um, 
not actually a super chat, um, but of course, if you want to get your question definitely answered, super chats is the way to go. And also, thank you everybody for the bump in likes. We're now 59 likes and 312 concurrent views, so it's better but it's still not as good as it could be. So let's just keep keep that ticking along. But yeah, uh, we've talked about Brentford defence and uh, we've got a question from uh, Danish uh, who uh, has actually noticed that I'm in the same situation as him. So uh, appreciate that. Um, Flecken versus Turner in goal. Now, of course, Mark, you are the man himself that coined the expression, the Fleck Republic. Off the top of my head, I can't remember if you actually still have him um, or if it's just me. Uh, you, uh, you've moved over to Slovakia, Sorry. I see. Um, if you could come up with a Slovakia-based pun on the goalkeepers you chose instead of him, let me know. Um, but yes, if you <laughs> keep that ticking around in the background, Flecken versus Turner this week, what would you do? Flecken versus Turner. Um, so Flecken is a way to Fulham. Right. Um, no, I'd say Turner because um, it's not that often. Maybe Maybe sometimes we do stare at fixtures too much and it's not that often you would pick a Nottingham Forest goalkeeper over other ones. But I would say that Sheffield United at home might be one of those two or three times. Uh, and it's tonight. So, uh, yeah, Fulham, there's... Yeah, I Fulham, I think, of a decent... They got a decent win at Everton last week. Um, and we could certainly see them scoring against Brentford. So, mm. but personally, we say a turn yeah, I think I think I will probably just edge towards Turner. And weirdly enough, part of it comes from the fact that it is tonight's game and what else am I going to have in this game unless I start him, which is probably the absolutely wrong attitude uh, to have. But I still think there's some merit to doing it. Um, I haven't actually double-checked. I'm going to have a look later today at what Forrest were like at home defensively last season. But I think the main thing really is the fixture. Sheffield United XG of 0.51 in game week one was the second lowest. I think it was only Burnley that got a lower XG score in game week one. And of course, they were playing Man City. So arguably, there's mitigating circumstances there. Of course, Palace's defence actually is also, I think, fantastic. So maybe there's mitigating circumstances with Sheffield United as well. But the truth of the matter is they are in a bit of... I mean, disarray probably feels unfair, but they're certainly not going into this season, you know, as well prepared as they'd like to be. They've lost a couple of key attackers. Um, you know, they, they still haven't really pinned down um, their, their, their starting centre forward in the sense that they want to sign someone. Rumours it could be Cameron Archer. Um, it's not really p- providing a context whereby we feel like Sheffield United are going to be a team that um, are going to offer much goal threat in this game. So I can see the case for it. I think my only problem is, is that I do rate the Brentford defence. Um, I do think that they that they are one of the best defenses out there that give you the possibility to draw on lots of different areas you know there, there hasn't been much change in that defense apart from the goalkeeper um and last season they had the biggest gap i think it was between was it shots on target conceded and big chances conceded which means that they're affording their goalkeeper lots of easy saves they can get bonus for so if brentford do keep a clean sheet here maybe there's bonus for flacken and the other thing about fulham is that you could say Maybe they were arguably lucky to beat Everton because Everton uh, put up a ridiculous amount of XG. Um, Leno's XG prevented was huge. It was like plus 3.3. And Fulham scored with uh, one of only... They only had two shots on target in the whole game. And that's against Everton. And so going up against Brentford, I don't know. Like that, that, that is what's causing the dilemma here is that actually arguably they're both fixture picks. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's fair. It's a fair point. Um, on Fulham, there was a bit of um, Everton would feel unlucky certainly after last week. 
um, West London derby as well. What does yeah, that mean? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, exactly. That is a good point. What does that mean? I don't think I've ever sat down and paid much mind to the Brentford-Fulham rivalry. If there's Brentford and Fulham fans in the uh, in the chat, let us know just how much impact that has on the game. Because sometimes with derby matches, the form book goes out the window and everybody's just really up for it. But sorry, guys, it's not one of the derbies I know well. I know more about the Devon derby between Argyle and Exeter and perhaps maybe the is it the A23 or something. There's the Palace and Brighton one. That's one of my favourites because it's a bit niche. Um, but Brentford and Fulham take niche to a whole new level, I suppose, in terms of Premier League, Premier League uh, stuff. Um, we, we are, I tell you what, we're inundated with people potentially posing as real Premier League footballers today because we've got Ollie Wattins, Ollie Wattins, as he's known in, uh, in Essex. Um Asking about Rico Henry or Matty Cash, um, we've kind of talked about them both already. Um, but just we're going to reward we're going to reward Ollie for um, for jumping in the chat when he's preparing for a home game against uh, Everton. Of course, I mean he's doubting his own teammate here. What do you think, Henry versus Cash? Um, so I guess Aston Villa's defence. So how how is Mings's injury going to reshuffle that defence? Are they going to stick with having I was surprised to see both wingbacks be quite attacking players at Newcastle last week because Emery over preseason seemed to be having either concert at right back or sort of Torres a left back and have the other one, the other fullback bump forward. And I think last week it was Cash and Dinia, and it didn't it didn't work out. So now that Mings is injured, what what does that mean? Does it mean he doesn't quite have the bodies to? To have a defensive fullback, does he still play both? Basically, what I'm trying to say is, do we even know that Mike Cash is going to start? It's a good point. Don't do that to me on Friday, man. I got we got a deadline in like six hours, and he's my Gabriel replacement. <laughs> he's probably, yeah, he probably, he's probably more likely to start than not. And in that case, yeah, it would be him. I'd probably pick him, but just playing devil's advocate, just putting it out there. Yeah. No, it's, it's important to do. It's important to do. I was just teasing, and uh, you know, arguably Henry is is the more guaranteed starter out of the of the two, just based on what we've seen from uh, Aston Villa in preseason, especially with the way that they sometimes, as you, as you say, were a bit asymmetrical by putting a a fullback in either the left back or the right back uh, position. So. Yeah, um, we're gonna gonna jump into some other questions in a second, but just a reminder to people that if you definitely definitely want your question answered, then super chat is the way to go. Thanks for some more likes. We're keeping that ticking along. We're not quite at the stage where we're gonna like you know sack off as and Sam, but if we keep it going, seventy four from three hundred seventy five. If all of you could like the video, then that's gonna make for a very awkward conversation with me and as and Sam next week. Um, so yeah. That's what we want. That's what we want. Um, John Cahill asks, uh, would you start Udogi or Shaw this week? Ah. So that's a classic um, dilemma of they're in the same game. They're in the same game. They're both attacking left backs. Well, certainly Adogi is. Uh, and probably don't expect either to keep a clean sheet. So in a way, it's, it's a toss of a coin, really. I, I think maybe Udogi might have slightly more attacking potential. Not that we don't know as much about him, um, but looking at his Udinese numbers, and he also scored like a tap in in preseason, I think it was. So, um, if we're basing this purely on who's more likely to get an attack in return, possibly Udogi. It's destiny. That's all I would say. <laughs> it's fate that Udogi would. 
yeah. score. Just don't do what uh, George McFly does in Back to the Future and accidentally call him density. Otherwise, that's just going to make for a very awkward conversation. Um, yeah, I think I, I largely agree with that. Um, we've got another super chat. In fact, it's a very first of all time super chat from uh, Day's Statue. Um, so Game Week 1 was was so intense for him that he literally turned to stone. But he's not asking about Johnny Stones. Uh, he's asking Bruno Fernandes or Umbermo. Now, uh, I, I'm guessing this is a transfer-related question. So um, we'll, we'll talk about the two assets in isolation here uh, quickly. But uh, yeah, Day Statue, if you could maybe just clarify with a non-Super Chat what you necessarily mean here. I'm, I'm hoping you don't mean captaincy. Um, I'm hoping you also don't mean starting and benching. But Or they could be replacements for someone. Just give us a bit more context in terms of how you want us to assess this decision. We'll talk about them in isolation first, but if you can add a bit more detail, then that might help us just be a bit more specific. So, Fernandez or Mbermo, which do you think would score more points in game week two, Mark? Um, I think I'll give a definitive answer, but I mean, as an owner of both, I'm certainly more happy to have Mbermo than Fernandez, which I guess on the surface might be a bit strange because Fernandez was number one for chances created last season. He's probably on penalties, we think, um, stuff like that. But that Wolves match really was a bit of a, a bit of a downer for, for, for those Fernandez owners. And there is sort of a worry that, you know, if, if he, if he blanks against Spurs, then he might be sort of abandoned a bit, but um, it was still probably between him and, and Buemo. And he also, and Buemo also has penalty duty. So that kind of, that's them even on that, on that factor. Um I think you still stick with Fernandez and just hope that he like his proven quality uh, lasts longer. They've got they've got Nottingham Forest at home in game week three as well. So I wouldn't say Monday night against Wolves should completely put us off him. Yeah, well, so Day Statue has actually given us some more context. So thank you for that. Uh, Day Statue says, I have Bruno, but I want to transfer to Mbermo. Uh, I've gotten Foden and Bruno and decided not to get Mbermo in the first game week. And so, yeah, it's very much a case of do I sell Fernandez to get to Mbermo? And uh, I think, I mean, the thing is, for game week two every year, I always feel like a broken record. So apologies for anyone who is sick and tired of this vinyl playing on your record player. But I try to roll my transfer wherever I can um, and not make too many knee-jerk decisions based on just one game week. Yes, it didn't look great against Wolves uh, and Wolves who everybody had written off as being like, they're going to come 20th, they're going to get relegated, etc., etc. And then put in a performance like that against uh, United at Old Trafford and probably should have won the game, probably should have had a penalty, etc. It's not that encouraging. But with United, we, we know that under Ten Hag, when they do go on when they have poor performances it doesn't necessarily always last that long he he's quite good at helping them help to bounce back you know there there were good and bad things related to the fact that you never know which united you're going to get after they played really poorly the next week you know against a team they should beat the next week they are capable of beating a man city 3-2 we just know that that's what they're capable of doing and so up against a spurs team that plays this chaos football you know there's going to be attacking opportunities for them to have you know arguably it's going to be a more open game where there's going to be opportunities to counter attack because wolves um you know didn't you know are more likely to stick everybody behind the ball and put in a deep block at way at united than spurs are at home against united so there's going to be spaces for united to operate in spaces for fernandez to put the ball into 
if there's going to be counter-attacking opportunities, then you'd arguably say there's more chance of a penalty for United in this game because, you know, the opportunity to catch a defender off guard as one of their uh, rapid wingers goes into a space and, and asks the defender some questions, perhaps. You know, so wouldn't be surprised if he gets a penalty here, uh, to be honest. Uh, and then just looking beyond it as well, you know, if you're, you might take Fernandes out to get in Burma win, who, let's, let's not forget, it has a decent chance of a return against Fulham. We're not saying he's a bad option here. You know, penalty taker looked quite good against Spurs, now going up against a Fulham team that's conceded all that XG against Everton of all teams. And Burma will probably get something this week, but it's about what it means for the long-term view of your team. Because if you can just hold on to a player who has a decent chance this week, Get yourself two free transfers in the bag to make three changes for a minus four in game week three or two changes for free in game week three. I think that's going to benefit your team a little bit more, especially when you consider that you probably want to have a United attacker at home against Forest in game week three. Um, and uh, yeah, and Burmo in game week three. Who does he Who does he play? Home against Palace. I mean, that's a that's a huge no-brainer. You want you, you want United attacker at home to Forest rather than uh, a Brentford attacker at home to Palace because there's just this chalk and cheese between those two defences. Yeah. As always, it's, it's it's just sort of like, is that saved 2 million going to do something better elsewhere? And if so, maybe. But if it's not going to, if that 2 million isn't going to do much, then probably just worth sticking with Fernandez. And actually, we just uh, just a little note from Oscar Papa, who says that he's got the slightly same issue as Dave Statues, who's uh, got Foden and thinking about selling him for Burmo. It's probably I'd probably give the same answer. I mean, it's diff it's difficult because Foden's not as nailed as Bruno, but um, you know when you look at City's fixtures, they're away to Sheffield United in game week three. You're going to be kicking yourself if you sell Foden. And then you and, and you go into game week three when everybody around you is or lots of people around you is bank that free transfer could make lots of changes. You can only make the one, and you've you know lost an additional city attacker. I don't know. I just think that the patient game is what benefits you in game week two. Yeah, there's there's so many factors with Man City at the moment. There's the De Bruyne injury. I think we don't know what the situation with Alvarez is, but then they've been linked with Paqueta from. West Ham is just, just all these moving parts at the moment, and and in between all that is Phil Foden. He did start um, last weekend, and he did start in midweek. Um, and I don't even know if that's a good or a bad thing anymore. Does that mean he's <laughs> due for a pep rest, or does that mean he's nailed? It's we'll always ask these questions. <laughs> I think the fact that he started those two games, I think at this stage of the season is encouraging because what we've seen in the past is that in the opening four, five, six game weeks of the season, he, uh, Pep does like to stick to the same team where he can. I think in the first four game weeks last season, there were seven uh, people who played who started all four. One of them was Foden. Um, and that's even in a world where Gundogan was about, De Bruyne was about, they're not around anymore. Um, well, as in one of them's left and one of them's injured. Um, so I, I don't think you have to be too too worried there. Um, right, so let's go to our next super chat, which is from FBL L uh, Hadari, who uh, by the looks of things is coming to us from America. He's paid in, in US dollars. Thank you very much for your super chat. We appreciate it. It's a good way to support the channel. Uh, he says, sure to chill well or hold. And if I'm holding, do I start short or, chill, uh, or coal will? Now, I really like this question. It's multi-layered and very specific. So thank you very much for giving us all the information we need. We appreciate super chats like this. So yeah, that's the predicament facing uh, FBL Hadari. Um, just start with stage one. Sure to chill well or hold? Ooh. Well, chill well's already had a price rise, but yeah, I'd probably pick chill well. 
personally a big fan of Luke Shaw as an FPL asset, but but Chilwell last week, uh, he was he was virtually a, a striker at times, and he was he was so impressive. He got an assist, um, disallowed goal, missed a big chance as well. If 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 that's a preview of what we're going to get, uh, for the foreseeable future, especially with those game week three fixtures onwards, then um, I'd almost have him as getting close to essential. So if, if Shaw has to be sacrificed to do that, then probably would. Um, but they're both, they're both good options, I would say. Yeah, and certainly. Di- like, I like them both. Yeah, Sorry, I've interrupted you there. My apologies. I was just going to say, and if, if, if you did decide to hold anyway and it was purely Shaw, Colwell, probably Shaw, because Colwell is purely a defender yeah he's very much just going to sit in that back three or four um i guess it comes down to floors and ceilings etc we probably don't expect uh sure to keep a clean sheet uh but we perhaps might hope for uh a attacking return with colwell very unlikely to get an attacking return but possibly possibly a, a higher chance of a clean sheet against west ham um which is probably more down to what we think is Chelsea, Chelsea are capable of than West Ham because I don't think West Ham are necessarily in in the sense of attacking disarray. Um, that's a tricky one. I think in most cases, on that one, I think I'd probably start Shaw because I just think that the matchup this week is good for United and Shaw specifically. I think it's good for their attackers and you have to include him in that conversation because he is part of that build-up for the attack. So, um, Whereas you know, I can see West Ham scoring and Colwell just uh, achieving nothing outside of that. So, yeah, I think... Uh, but I, I, on the actual broader issue um, of sure to Chilwell or hold, I'm actually going to go against my own advice here, I guess, because it's sort of like every situation is different. So first question I think you need to ask yourself, uh, Elfdari, is in a world where you could have two free transfers in game week three, to perhaps uh, move towards the fixture swing, knowing that lots of other people are probably going to be in that same situation. Who would be the players you'd want to target? Now, I would be pretty confident if you don't have Chilwell, you probably want to spend one of those two free transfers in game week three getting to him anyway. And so if that's the if that's a situation you're thinking about, by the time we get to game week three, Chilwell could be 5.7, 5.8. Um, because if he plays like he does against Liverpool, against West Ham, you know, could maybe get a double digit haul like that's the kind of things we're looking at um i was just double checking some stats while you were talking uh mark um chillwell in game week uh one four penalty box touches only two defenders had more penalty box touches than him uh in game week one so he's already um up and about the sort of places you want to see him so if he was someone you'd want to get for game week three anyway spending that one transfer this week to get him now before he probably rises at probably point two between now and the next deadline um, or likely to be point two. That's not the worst thing in the world to do. So if that's a situation you're in, I don't think um, not banking your transfer for game week two is, is the worst thing to do if you don't have Chilwell. Um, I do think if you're thinking about Gabriel, it's different um, because if, you, if, you're, if you're concerned about what to do with Gabriel and you're submitting a, a chat, a super chat question along the lines of, do I get Chilwell for Gabriel? You know, you're not asking that. You probably have Chilwell. So in which case, just hold Gabriel. But if you don't have Chilwell and you feel like he's someone you want to have, like it's it's not the worst thing in the world to do to do that now. Because if one of your free transfers next week 
if you had two, was to get him anyway. Getting him now gets him for cheaper, blah, blah, blah. That's kind of like how I would see it. Um, as I said, it's all sort of very um, situational. So, yeah. Um, we've had another super chat, um, which is another person who's super chatting for the first time. So uh, congratulations. Well done on your first super chat. This is from Ollie Winnie seven um, who says start Gavardiol or um, gay at um, Crystal Palace. And he says he's in a bad spot here. Ooh. I think I yeah. actually know the answer to this. The answer came to my mind very quickly, but I'm going to go to you first. Um, Mark. <laughs> I feel like this is a trap. Um, well, you're a big Crystal Palace fan. Well, not an actual fan, but Be careful you, you went very highly. So, big Reading um, fan, actually. But yes. <laughs> no, not, okay, not not supporter, but um, you rate them highly. And uh, although they are against Arsenal, um, personally say Guardiol, because if he starts, of course, that's the big question. I think Man City, speaking from a Newcastle perspective here, I just I don't think it's nailed that I think we're more likely to not score than score um against these lot as as good as it was last weekend but you're right it's 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 a it is a bad spot because I wouldn't be entirely confident with either of them um possibly Gladiol what would you say David so I my mind immediately was like start gay because um, Gvardiol, as you say, we're not sure yet. Now, we have, I have already sort of tried to allay fears about Foden, but Gvardiol's only just got here. And so you have to, I think, extract him from the precedent of what Pep does with his nailed-on starters because we, we have just seen Pep in his entire time at City um, largely blood in the new signings slowly and sort of like with starts here and there substitutes appearance here and there he's always done that with defenders midfielders attackers so of the two has who has the the high expected minutes well it's gay because he's just nailed on to start in that crystal palace defense let's talk about the fixture now um newcastle uh had the highest number big chances generated in game week one of any team and that's against an Aston Villa team that towards the back end of last season defensively was fantastic. Now, they did lose Mings uh, in that game, which probably didn't help. They played a high line, which probably also didn't help. But that Newcastle defence is on absolutely on fire. Uh, defence, sorry. Newcastle attack, sorry, is on absolute fire. And again, I think this is a fantastic matchup for Newcastle. If I was a Newcastle fan, uh, which you know a lot about, Mark, I would be actually cautiously excited about this game because you have fantastic counter-attacking players and if you get the opportunity to beat the midfield press and with a player like Sandro Tonali a cultured man who likes visiting Weatherspoons of all places okay. he, that was great. He, he is I, th- I think you've got an opportunity to just to just really double up on City where they're at their weakest which is in the wide areas uh, in defence because they play with this 3-2-4-1 their, their view is we want to push the attackers to the to the flanks and, and we want teams to have to come around us rather than through the middle. Well, you can do that no problem because you've got Almiron, you've got Gordon, you've got Harvey Barnes, you've got Isak who can play on the left, you've got Wilson who's just an incredible poacher. You don't actually have to do that much against the City defence to score a goal. You just have to generate a chance. Now, that is the hardest thing. But the way that you are looking like you can play... I think a new car, I think a Man City clean sheet in game week two is absolutely not a sure thing at all, uh, and of course Guardiol not sure he's going to start. Does he have attacking potential? We don't know yet. We don't know how well he's going to play within this. Now, of course, Palace are playing Arsenal, but the interesting thing about Arsenal is that I didn't think they looked that good against 
Forest, and there was a lot of analysis after the game that they weren't moving the ball fast enough to put their attacking players in dangerous positions as, as often as they'd like to. If anyone who watched the match of the day analysis, there were some incredible clips of bits of play where they've got the ball in the midfield and they've kind of split the pitch. They've got a situation where the midfielders are sort of playing the ball around on the left-hand side. Erdegaard and Saka were just standing there in yards of space, like, when are you going to give me the ball? And they couldn't work it out to them because there's a lot of new names in this midfield perhaps a little bit rusty interestingly enough only three teams didn't concede a single big chance in game week one and one of them was Nottingham Forest because Arsenal didn't generate a big chance in that game at all and Crystal Palace's defence has been very good um, up until now now I'm not saying that Crystal Palace are definitely going to keep a clean sheet but Gay's more likely to start I think Crystal Palace have a chance of keeping a clean sheet um Whereas I just don't think that there's a Man City clean sheet in game week two because this Newcastle attack just looks insane. So I don't know. Am I crazy? Or yeah, I think, I think <laughs> you might have converted me there. You might be right with with, with Gay. He just mostly not not because his stand. I think it's mostly because of the Guardiola side rather than the Gray side. But yeah, maybe you're right. Anyway, I'll say that. My, my apologies for taking up so much of the stream. Uh, Russell was like, Marcus is sat there waiting to speak, wondering when, when it's going to happen. So my apologies on that one. <laughs> and yet when I did speak, all, all, it was just that. It wasn't even <laughs> worth the wait. So... Well, let's get you talking about a different issue. Um, we've, we've talked about Reese James a little bit. Um, and um, we've got Leon saying that he's brought in Gusto. Um, so he potentially is going to be the guy who would benefit best from Reese James not being around. I think he's 4 million still. Uh, what would your thoughts be on Gusto as an alternative to Reese James? Uh, we should just clarify that the press conferences haven't, um, some of them are ongoing, they haven't all happened yet, so we are recording this without the benefit of those, so do keep an eye on that. But um, yeah, thoughts on Gusto? I think he's very, very interesting. I don't usually like doubling up on a defence, especially a Chelsea defence, but... If one of them is a four million option, it's probably a bit different. And arguably, I would wait until because West Ham are at home at Chelsea. That could easily be a a lack of clean sheet for Chelsea there anyway. So I think it might be worth waiting just to see if Gusto definitely does come in rather than um I've seen the option. I know Tom uh, for us is was saying um that it could be return into a back four, but with De Sassi playing at right back, which he has occasionally done at Monaco. So we don't know for sure that it's Gusto over over him. So first of all, I'd like to just double check that he is going to get a run. And then from game week three onwards, yeah, he, he could be a, a good replacement for, you know, if, if Gabriel doesn't play again, then that that, that could be a way out. Um, various other defenders. I, I think he's... He, from the reports in preseason, he did look quite promising, Gusto. So, um, if Pochettino gives him a chance, he could be one of the bargains of the season, maybe. Hmm. If he can play with some Gusto as well, that would help. Um, Danish actually says that he is king. Not only did he do one in preseason, he's king. So there's a lot of love mm. out for him uh, there. Oh, well, that helps. Loves a four That's... million uh, defender. So. There we are. Um, we've probably got about five minutes left uh, of the stream, so that's just uh, uh, just one last reminder that if you haven't sent in a super chat yet and you absolutely, definitely, definitely want an answer, now is the time to do it. Um, we will uh, try and squeeze in as many of the super chats uh, as we can. Um, alternatively, if we get inundated with ten super chats, we'll probably go on for longer than five minutes because, of course, if you've sent your super chat in, we will do everything we can to answer it. So that's just one last um, 
call out for that. One last call out also for the likes as well. We're up to 102 likes from 483 concurrent viewers. It's better, but it's still not as good as it could be. So let's keep that going. Keep that going. Um, what I'm going to do uh, while we're waiting for some final super chats to come in is I'm just going to stick the season ticker back on the screen. Um, we've largely talked about uh, how we can plan for the future. And I wondered, Mark, if you perhaps had some ideas on teams that you were looking to move towards their fixture swings. Like Chelsea and Spurs, of course, are, are the, the big ones. Uh, I'm not entirely sure how you're invested in those two teams uh, at the moment. So um, plans for uh, your transfers, for example, based around uh, yeah, game week three and on. Anything you'd like to offer us there um in my own team i've currently got a defender from from both of those i've got Chilwell and doggy and yeah like everything from game week three i think every target i'm thinking of is placed for one of those so could it be uh watkins out for jackson maybe that's harsh on on watkins but um especially when he has burnley so possibly not that but there's also the gusto double up potentially Spurs midfielder coming in for either Mitoma or maybe Fernandez. If, if everyone abandons ship with Fernandez, it might, it might be him. And the only the only problem with that is with the transfer window still open, still won't be entirely sure what the Richarlison situation is. Um, if 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 Postecoglou comes out and says definitively not buying a striker, Richarlison's the one, then it probably will buy him. But if um You've just sold your your star player for a hundred million pounds. There's got to be some attempt to to at least bring in a second option alongside Richarlison, right? So as soon as there's doubt there, it, it could easily be James Madison. Um, so from from those two clubs are dominating my future thoughts. But in terms of other clubs, not a lot, not a lot's really standing out right now. Just just looking over the fixtures, really. Um. No, mostly that I would say. What What are you thinking? To be honest, I'm in, I'm in the same situation, and I, I actually like that. I like that there's not anything sort of staring at me, going, "Why haven't you invested here?" Um, and I'm happy just to wait to see how things progress, really. So, uh, which is nice to see. Um, I think probably the only thing that's on my mind is actually something that Grood Beast has pointed out in the chat. Who says, "David, not too much disappointed by the Aaron Wambasaka haul." I have you know, I was absolutely devastated. I was just beside myself with frustration because I was an advocate of him all summer. The second that he came into the conversation, it was like, here we go, 4.5 million United defender, let's go. Um, and, he, and he looked very attacking in a couple of games he played it, but then he didn't do so well, I think, against Dortmund and Dalot scored that goal. It was very good. And then uh, he didn't play in the, of the two final preseason fixtures that United had, the one that looked like they had the more sure starters in. Uh, he, he didn't feature in that one, Basaka, and then Dalot ended up being the predicted starting right back on the Fantasy Football Scout team news page. Make sure you head there later today uh, to get some predicted lineups. They get most of them right. <laughs> on this just one little thing slipped through the cracks. Wambasaka started 12 points. It is annoying. But I, I, I but I've I've sat here and and gone, look, it's fine. It's okay. You know, you would have owned him instead of Gabriel, so just think of all the points you could have had. But the way United played defensively in that game I did not fill me with all that much confidence, if I'm honest. So I'm hoping that over the course of the campaign, uh, Dalot gets some starts and United don't keep as many clean sheets as uh, as, as we hope, as someone who doesn't, who's not invested. But speaking of United defence, um, Alex Argo has submitted what may be our final Super Chat. Uh, if we don't get any more, this is our final question. Uh, if you do have a Super Chat, we will, of course, answer that if you send it after this one. But in what is maybe our last question, do I start Onana or Edison? 
Uh, coming also from the US, by the looks of things, uh, with the US dollar super chat. Interesting one here, because that's an expensive set of goalies, but we can't question that. He's got them both. Which one would you start? Um, I don't know. This might contradict some of the stuff I was saying about Guardiola earlier and maybe the Man City's chances of a clean sheet, but it would probably go with Onana because I just think he might be making a lot of saves in this match. And Edison has this knack. He, Edison ranked really quite low in terms of saves last season. That's sort of the, the problem of playing behind a good defence. Um, you, you, you don't actually make saves that often. Um, although they City do have a knack of always conceding that first shot on target. I think the the Athletic did a, a piece on that last year. Onana, I would say, just purely for saves and the potential bonuses that could come from that. Yeah, I agree. I think yeah, I'm going back on what I said as well uh, in many ways. Because, um, yeah, like... Anana, if he keeps a clean sheet, will have done so mo making lots of saves. That just seems inevitable. Um, whereas Everton, uh, Edison, uh, if he keeps a clean sheet, it's probably not going to come with lots of saves. It will have come because Man City somehow found a way to, um, you know, put Tenali in his box and stop him pulling the uh, the strings from midfield. So it it won't be from a ton of saves. So I think that's probably um, the way to go. And <laughs> just on time. It's about to finish the stream. Another super chat. Uh, this time from Russell, uh, who says, Gusto, and in brackets, team news and starts, which I'm guessing he means sort of like dependent on that, uh, or Saliba. I've currently got Eze. So, um, yeah. Gusto unless versus he means Saliba. that that Twitter account has said something while we've... Oh, unless... Ah, okay. Well, I'll tell you what, you, if you have a brief look to see if there's anything that we've missed while we've been on air, um, and I will, well, firstly, start off by saying I like that you've got Eze. That's a good shout there. Um, he's someone who I've always wanted to own, but I've just never managed to find room for him. He looks fantastic against Sheffield United and uh, certainly was a player who did pretty much everything but score. I mean, uh, I've got some stats on the screen here. Uh, of all players in game week one, he played seven key passes, which is the most of any player. Uh, eight touches in the box, which is also uh, quite high as well. I think he was also heavily involved for attacking uh, potential in terms of persistency of shots. So he had five shots in the box, which was the second most of any player in game week one. The only player who had more was Odson Edward. That uh, famous household name uh, in terms of the accuracy uh, he didn't quite make the um, the top two for this which at the moment is lots of players Callum Wilson was top of game at one for shots on target with Edouard Mopé Rodri Isak and Rice uh, joint second with three um, so I think it was two shots on target for Eze um, I'm not 100% sure off the top of my head but the point is lots of shots in the box that weren't necessarily on target so perhaps a little bit of work to do but either way the point is good person to have so I'm affirming you having that because I like that pick. Uh, but yeah, Gusto or Saliba. Well, uh, if you haven't had the opportunity, uh, Russell, to, to, to listen to earlier parts of this stream, you, you um, then have a have a check back because we have talked about whether or not we feel that Arsenal can keep a clean sheet uh, against Crystal Palace. Largely, we're erring on the side of, of no, which will probably be a big part of what you're thinking about with uh, Saliba. And we've kind of already talked about Gusto as well. Um, potentially decent shout, but it's all sort of dependent on a few things. Um, if my guess is this is a transfer-related decision, let us know. Because I think if you've got both, if you already own both, Gusto, I think, is an easy, is an easy start for me, personally. If you mm. don't, and this is a transfer, then it becomes slightly more tricky. 
did you find anything mark have we missed anything while we're on air um i, I couldn't find anything on uh, just a little twitter search or x search whatever um <laughs> and well that just might say something about my search skills but i couldn't find <laughs> anything definitive about gusto but um so if, if it's sort of 50 50 or maybe 60 40 whether he starts or something i don't know how it is crystal palace there is a chance that they don't score past arsenal because they've got edward they've got elise injured because the has left them and yeah i don't know i just feel like it's still possibly personally go Saliba over Gusto because just in my head, I'm pretty convinced that West Ham will score past Chelsea. But uh, if, we're, if we're talking about beyond that as sort of a, not just game week two pick, yeah, perhaps Gusto. I like how we actually went different ways there. I think that's cool. I think that's good. It shows how difficult these decisions are. Um, so, yeah. Um, pick one of those two answers really Russell and 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 go with that would be my suggestion after that um but it just goes to show sometimes how difficult it is perhaps to to have these discussions in game week two and we've got slightly less to, to go on uh than before um oh, Russell said uh just says thank you for answering the question and he he joined late so no worries you know everybody's busy on a Friday that's for sure um so uh you don't have to admit anything to us Russell it's all fine uh but he actually did also mention he he actually is a Palace fan Unlike me, I am a fan of the football that they play and the FAL assets they offer, but Russell himself is an eagle himself. So um, it's good to have you here. And uh, from a personal perspective, fingers crossed that you score against Arsenal this week. Otherwise, I'm going to look like a mug <laughs> after everything I've said this week. So mm. I'll be cheering you on, uh, Russell, with the uh, the rest of the Selhurst Park faithful. Um, so I think that's uh, that, that's us done for the day. Um, there's plenty more content for you guys to check out. Uh, Friday deadlines, as ever, are always super hectic. We'll have our team news uh, running throughout the day, both on Twitter, or X as it's known now, uh, and uh, on the website as well. If you head to the website, we've got a live blog. All of those updates coming from managers throughout the lunchtime slots and early afternoon slots in some cases. Um, you'll get everything that we get today on the website or on X. Um, we'll have the Team News Roundup video if you don't have the opportunity to, to have a look at that. Perhaps maybe you want to stick in an earphone whilst you're in the office and listen to Joe and Neil. I think they're going live at 3 p.m. today. Um, it sort of fluctuates every week depending on when the, when the press conference is finished and when the deadline is, etc., etc. So uh, check those guys out. And then from half past four, uh, I'm going to be uh, doing a deadline stream. Um, some, I'm, I'm going to put out a tweet or an X or whatever they're called now uh, to invite people to submit their teams uh, and I'll rate some of your teams and answer some other additional questions with the benefit of the team news having already been done from half past four on YouTube. So if you've got time for that, check that out um, as well. So all sorts going on. And don't forget, Mark, what have people got to remember about tonight's deadline and what time it is? It is, good question. Uh, <laughs> it is 6.15 p.m. UK time. That's tonight, right. Friday, Friday deadline. And I think we've got four. Friday deadlines in a row, I think, isn't it? So, yes. Yeah, um, I think the total is too many. Yes. <laughs> this uh, Last week's was an 8pm kickoff. This time it's 7.45. So mm. a slight difference. 6.15 deadline. Yeah, it's a more traditional football league kickoff time of 7.45, but it does mean you've got 15 minutes less to sort your teams later on. So if you're planning when you're going to make your moves, when you're going to pick your captain, all that sort of stuff, you need to have that sorted by quarter past six instead of half past six. If the site crashes, it's going to crash probably at 10 past six instead of 29 past six. So get your team sorted now or in the afternoon or basically just 
15 minutes earlier than usual so yeah but with that thank you everybody who's uh, submitted questions today thank you everyone who super chatted as well um we will leave you all to the rest of your busy busy friday and we will see you very shortly with some new video on the channel so see you next time right. bye good luck everyone